The following is a paid program and is intended for general information purposes only. It is not designed to provide listeners with specific and personal medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional service, or any advice. The views expressed by show hosts or their guests are their own and shall not be construed in any way as advice from WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting. We make no recommendations or endorsements for programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our website. The views expressed on this program are those of the program's hosts and producers and not those of the staff or management of WTBQ Radio or FST Broadcasting. The following program was paid for by Warwick Financial Advisors. Good morning and welcome to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Mark Lang in the studio with my partner Ken Ford. And if you're listening in to our show for the first time, I'd like to give you a little bit of an idea of why we decided to do the show. It's our belief that uh, we have not educated our citizens about personal finances as well as we should have. And so what we're going to try and do is to help you and guide you through that little universe of finances. And hopefully you'll pick up some things that you'll be able to use every single day and help you get further along in your financial situation. And uh, our program is brought to you by the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors. We're at 65 Main Street, which is the clock tower in downtown Warwick. And if you want to reach us, you can do so by phone, 981-7300, or on the web at warwickfa.com. Ken, it is back to school time. I'm watching the school buses, and obviously you had a little bit of a problem on Tuesday getting to school because they were backed up, huh? All the kiddies are just thrilled, I'm sure, to be heading back to school. But, you know, when we think about school, uh, you and I kind of looked at each other as we started to see the kids coming back and said, well, guess what? We should be talking about college planning. We should. My wife was kind of excited about it. Uh, my two kids go to the kids clubhouse out in pine island i I, they're not going to start for another two weeks out there but my wife is thrilled to have three or four hours in uh the day free for her to do whatever she wants she likes to do a lot of art so that's what she's going to be doing i'll bet you she's just going to be thrilled to have some free time but you know as i started to think about college planning uh, and we started to put this together i said you know i was just thinking what if your son or your daughter got an acceptance letter and, you know, it, they got it from the school that they wanted to go to. Like an Ivy they, League school? Yeah. They've been dreaming about attending it, and it's exactly where they wanted to go. And, you know, they come back, and guess what? It's your alma mater. You're thrilled. You're absolutely thrilled. And there's only one thing that could make you happier. That's knowing that you did your homework and planned for it. Because no matter where your son or your daughter gets accepted, or what kind of financial aid gets offered... You have the resources to be able to afford college. Well, I think the worst thing, you know, the worst moment of your life is you can have a son and daughter go into Harvard or Yale or Princeton and Stanford and all of a sudden look at the bill and, you know, sit down and tell that your child, you can't attend this. We don't have the money to do it. You know, when I went to college, you know, my dad, mom and dad looked at the price tag of Hartwick College up in Oneonta is where I went. And 13.5 is where it started. Um... It was kind of a staggering number to look at. Hey, I know one thing. Uh, everybody that we talk to says their kids grow up way too fast. College today is as expensive as it's ever been, and it's only going to get more expensive. But more importantly, 
the time to start saving and planning for it, that's now. That's now. You need time on your side. Absolutely. The, and the you re- know, the reason why I started wasn't because I had kids. I actually wanted to check out these plans when they first came out. Um, so I just started putting $100 a month into a plan just to kind of feel out the plan. Well, you know, one of the things that we started to look around for was some resources for you so that you could actually contact us and be able to get more information on how to plan for college. And we found a great resource called the Family Guide to College Savings by a a gentleman by the name of Joe Hurley. And uh, Joe was the founder of of savingforcollege.com. And for, for you out there, you want this guide because this is the piece that's really gonna help you to put together a game plan for your son or your daughter to be able to go to school. If you go on the internet and you put in college savings, Joe Hurley is going to be at the top of the list. He's the first guy to get into the game. I think when the 529 is a code mark in the IRS. It's a it's an internal revenue code section. Yeah, 529, like a 401k. It's uh, Absolutely. It has tax benefits. All those funky numbers from yep. the IRS. Uh, and code. I think it was somewhere around 96, 98 it came out. No financial advisors really knew what they were. And Joe Hurley, who is a CPA up in Rochester, New York, I believe, he was on it. And he started studying them. He revolved his whole business around it. And now he's the expert. And he just put together a 43-page report that we'll make available to you if you email me at ken at warwickfa.com. I will email your report if you're interested in starting to save. This is a resource like no other. Well, you know, one of the key things that I took out of that report was, um, and, and I'm actually going to cite page 43, your child's college tuition is going to be one of the largest expenditures you're ever going to make. And if you have more than one the financial commitment's going to be compounded. So in many instances, you're going to be looking at something that is going to be equivalent to a mortgage. Well, I just recently purchased a house in Warwick, and the down payment hurt. You know, you have to come up with a pretty big down payment these days, normally 20%. So that could be anywhere from fifty dollars to $100,000, which is a huge number. It took me a long time to save for that number. When I think about college education, I have I have two children now, so one's four, one's five. You know, I only have 12, 13 years uh, that I could save and build up the number. But now I'm looking at colleges that cost more than $50,000 a year. So I have a $50,000 bill times four. I got $200,000 today. Then I have two children. That's 400000 And to make the matters worse, when we put inflation factors of what college costs today versus what it's going to cost when my kids go... Geez, in 18 years, it's going to double. So at least I'm paying um, close to double what that number is, $800,000. I can't even imagine $800,000 to send two kids to college. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know, the, the average, the average right now is, is 5 to 6%. But, you know, Inflation. One, of, one of my clients who, who is a former executive vice president, one of the top universities in the country, they've been doing a, a private study for 30 years. And we've seen some of these private schools rising at almost 9% a year. So this is a big number. You got to pay attention to it and you got to start planning early. That's Well, you have thing. to just be looking at this and saying, even if it's if you go to state schools still, even if we get down to state schools and maybe it's a hundred, a hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for the average person, that just has to be a staggering number and one that you know, I don't even know how you get your arms around that. So today's program is going to be for you to how do you get your arms around to save 
100, 200, 300, 400 thousand dollars, whatever you're able to start doing to chip at this um, massive expenditure that you're going to have somewhere down the road. So we're going to help you do that. Yeah. Why don't we start out by by talking about how do you pay for that? And, you know, one of the first ways that we hear people say is, well, I'm going to pay as I go along. You know, I'm going to take it out of my my income that I earn on an ongoing basis. And quite frankly, I mean, that's great if you're making big, big dollars. But how many people out there, uh, how many of you have an extra $50,000 that you can put towards your child's education? Well, you not just this year, but for the next four. You could also just make the kid get a job. So, oh yeah, so, we can see that the so employment is doing really you well. You know, he goes to four classes a day. You know, he has time to get a job and make some money on the side, right? Well, if you can show me where he's going to get a job, considering the jobs numbers that we've well, been getting recently, so, that's not going to work real well. Gosh. So, a lot of people uh, that we talk to that are thinking about uh, helping their children to, to pay for college uh, think about taking out home equity loans as well. So, you know, this pay-as-you-go. Uh, is really kind of a last resort, but it's one of the ways that you can. If you didn't, if you procrastinated, that's what you're going to have to do. So let's not procrastinate. So you could always pay later, though. Well, yeah, the pay later kind of falls into the pay as you go as well with, you know, we just talked a little bit about the home equity loans. But in particular, when we talk about paying later, it's it's taking out student loans and types of other types of arrangements like that. And again, you've got interest rates attached to it. So there's costs that are not only uh, accruing today, but accruing into the future. And we know because we're seeing a number of uh, college students coming out of school, and it's a sad statement because it tells you how long Ken and I have been doing this, that some of these some of these kids were, were babies when we first uh, talked glad, about just this. Just glad it's not my kids yeah, in and, college right and now. And now we're seeing them coming out of these schools with $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 of personal debt, and you can't default on it. And you can't get a job. So the job numbers today, the job numbers were not good. Um, a lot of part-time jobs were created, but not stuff that I think could pay back $100,000, $200,000 worth Absolutely. of And, you know, another way, Ken, that you could pay for it is you could find somebody else to help you pay for it. I'd like that. You get, well, <laughs> so, yeah, who wouldn't? Family and friends, and uh, my, in particular? My uncle, my granduncle Leo must have left something for me. And there's an, well, account, out, there's, there's an account out there I think has $200,000. You better get hunting sure. now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, that's another way. And that's great if you've got grandparents that, that are uh, inclined to, to want to give to their children. That's, that's a great way to ha- help pay. But uh, in this area in particular, we're talking about uh, grants and scholarships. So there are resources out there that can help to pay for these costs. It's not you, but somebody else helping you to pay. You know, if it's going to be a problem to get an extra couple hundred bucks or even a couple thousand dollars, depending on where you're you're at in uh, timeline of going, having your kids go to college, you may want to start asking family members, you know, during birthdays or anything else that like grandparents, don't give me a toy for the kid or this. Why don't you contribute to one of the plans that we set up? So why don't we start talking about some of the plans that you could set up? Well, that's a fantastic idea. And the key is save now because it gives you a, a much, much greater range of choices. And we come, when we come back from our first break, we're going to talk a little bit about those choices.
success. It can be measured in so many ways, but success has its price. As your wealth grows, life doesn't get simpler, it gets more complex. The more you have, the more you're exposed to losing it. Now, more than ever, you need to rethink your strategy of how to navigate through the risk and reward of wealth. That's what we do. We provide financial advice for people who want to protect and grow their money. Our reputation is built on a long track record of working with people who like to succeed. People like you. Our process is sound and solid. We define your goals, review your assets, analyze your needs, provide recommendations, implement execution, monitor and track your progress online. If you want to secure your financial future, let us show you how. That's our job, and we do it well. Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, located in the Clock Tower, 65 Main Street, Warwick, New York. Call 981-7300. Today's complex financial landscape demands a financial advisor with knowledge, experience, and expertise. At Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, we're committed to knowing our clients' financial situations in depth. So if having an advisor who understands the intricate and unique aspects of what you want to accomplish is your goal, then come talk to us, the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors in the Clock Tower. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. There isn't a problem you've got that God can't solve. Spiritual Healing Radio will help you to find those answers. Join us on Sunday nights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Ask God if you should tune in. God will tell you. This is attorney Bob Kruhulik of the law firm Beatty & Kruhulik, the lawyer guy on WTBQ Radio. Tune in every Friday at 10.30 a.m. for the latest in legal advice and tips. From taking calls and giving answers to all your legal questions and issues. WTBQ. Good morning and welcome back to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Mark Lang in the studio with my partner, Ken Ford. And today we are talking about college planning. Since we have all the children back running to school, we thought it'd be a great time to be talking about that. Well, educational planning, because you can, you have to, if you want to go to prep school, prep school, <laughs> prep school is a pretty penny these days as well. And even a private high school. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, before we before we uh, took our first break, we were talking about, you know, different ways that you could pay for college. And I thought that as we came out of the break, it'd be good if we went through a couple of the, the typical ways that people uh, use. What type of account for college? What type yeah. of accounts can you set up to help save? Absolutely. You know, the most common would be people setting up personal savings accounts. Well, um, and they'll start to save I, on their own. What what you have to understand is there are federal and state tax incentives for certain types of plans. So you have to do your research and look and say, hey, what is the federal government, the state government? What benefits are you going to give me? Absolutely. So what I'll do first is is l let me give you a quick uh, rundown of the options. And then Ken and I are going to get into uh, some specific options that are really oriented towards saving towards college or even private education before college, if you like. So personal savings would be the first place that most people start. Uh, and, and they typically do that by setting up a little savings account for their, for their kids. It's a great way to contribute from grandparents and gifts and so forth. Bank so accounts. On. Yep. Uh, then we've got UTMAs and UGMAs. And for those of you who don't know what those are, it's UTMA is a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act and the UGMA is Uniform Gift to Minors Act. Each one of them is specific to the state that you live in. So, well, they could be titled a custodian account. Yep. A custodian for your child, because your child can't have an account till he's age 18. 
Right. Age of majority, whatever the age of majority is for your state is when those assets are going to transfer over to them. Uh, the next area, which everybody seems to be using today, is what we call 529s or Section 529s, Internal Revenue Code, Section 529. Ken loves when I get into the couple numbers. hot numbers, 529, you know. <laughs> Or you can borrow. Uh, and, and typically, you know, we covered one of the pieces, which was home equity loans early uh, in, in our uh, broadcast this morning. And the other one was the student loans. And, and student loans have become much more prevalent than they used to be. I would say burden is what I would use. Yeah, you, I, you, you know, don't again, want your child coming out of college in debt. Debt is not a good word. So it's that's, your, that's your last resort is what I – my advice to – you out there is don't go into debt to pay for school. I mean, unfortunately, do we see that as a primary way that most people pay for college? Yes, it is. Because they didn't do the planning. But there's a couple other ways also. You can use U.S. savings bonds, and there's some advantages. If you're uh, age 24 plus uh, after the year of 1989, you can redeem those bonds tax-free depending upon your income level, and it varies depending upon whether you're uh, single or married filing jointly. Also, IRAs, early withdrawal penalties get waived if you're going to use it for educational expenses. So if I have an IRA, I could take money out? Yep. So there's some, there's some definitive advantages to that. You've got two other pieces, which these are a little off the cuff, and not too many people are aware of them. It's called the American Opportunity Tax Credit. And essentially what it does is it'll pay 100%, uh, give you 100% of the first 2K as a deduction, and then 25% of the next 2,000. But there's an income limitation, again, based upon whether you're single or married now, filing. Now, Mark, you went a little faster that. So if you didn't catch it out there, <laughs> the Family Guide to College Savings by Joe Hurley is a report that we're getting all of this data from. We will email it to you. If you email me at ken at warwickfafinancialadvisor.com, I will send you the report. So uh, you don't have to take notes if you're driving in the car. Right, because, uh, you know, one of the things that Ken and I always try to do with, with, our, uh, with our radio shows for you is to give you information that's useful. Um, and we recognize that sometimes we cover it pretty quick because there's just so much of it. But it, as Ken just enunciated, that is a wonderful report. It'll really help you out to plan for college. So let's the get last into, ones, well, why don't we just get into really the two best accounts that you're really going to set up for child? Sure. Makes a ton of sense. Uh, the two most common that, that we're going to use today or talk about today are the 529 and the UGMA and UTMAs because custodian. those are the custodian accounts that are most commonly used to fund college So education. why don't we first get into the custodian account? You can walk into any financial institution. You could go down Main Street in Warwick and there's five banks down there. You could walk in there and... What you would do is give your child, in my case, I would say Leo or Ellie, I'd give them their social security number and their date of birth, and that's what would be on the account. My name would be the custodian, so it'd read Ken Ford for custodian for Elizabeth Ford or Leo Ford. Um, and it would be set up for the child's use. That's the most important part. It is, it is for the use of the child, whether or not it's for college, as we're discussing, whether or not it was for high school, whether or not it was for prep school, marriage, a new car, just some spending money after college. Um, maybe, you know, when they graduate for college, you want to give them a gift and they go on a vacation. Well, you know, Ken, you're talking about some of the positives. Let's, let's, let's also give our listeners well, some fair and balanced information. When we set up, when you set up an UGMA or an UTMA, recognize that this, there is a negative to it. 
your child will get these assets at the age of 18 or 21. So there, that's the one negative. If you have an, uh, an individual who may not be as responsible as you'd like them to be, you just need to be aware of that. Well, what they would, <laughs> what they would do is, just so you're aware, it depends on what state you're in, but when the child either turns 21 and in some states it's 18, they can walk back into that bank, show their driver's license, and by law... That bank will have to give them every dollar that's sitting inside that of that account. So just be aware if you set up that type of account for your child that it becomes their money and there's nothing you can do about it. Absolutely. And now we use the bank as an example, but there's lots of different types of investment vehicles that can be well, used inside of that. Well, yeah, inside you could use a bank account. You could use a CD. You could buy a mutual fund. You could buy, an, you know, if you're comfortable, you could buy an individual stock. You could buy, uh, a, you can even buy a gold coin um, if that's what you want to do. So the custodian accounts, the Ugmas and Upmas, are very flexible. They almost let you invest in almost every single thing that you want to, uh, depending if you think that's appropriate for the growth of the child's money. Absolutely, um, is it? But there are a couple things you can't do, right? Well, there are. There, there certainly are. There's, there's a couple of things that you cannot do in those accounts. And when we talk about these things, it's important to understand there is a, there is a significant difference between UGMAs and UTMAs, which essentially are custodial accounts for the child that ultimately become their asset. And then the 529, which is a totally different piece, which is actually owned by an individual, but it's for the benefit of the child. And typically it's it's used for college education. So big difference between And it's those. irrevocable too. So if you put this in the child's name, it is their money when they turn 18 and 21. And you can't, if the child calls you up uh, or sits down with the parent and says, mom, I see this account and I'm not 18. I would like to take some money and I want to buy a bicycle with it. They cannot do that. And neither can you take any money out of that account and go and you know go on a trip to Paris or something like that. You can't do that either. Absolutely. It has to be used specifically for the benefit of the child, and you have a fiduciary responsibility to take care of those assets for the child. So what benefits, rather than just saving in your own name, the parent's name and joint tenants, what benefit do you have by putting the money into a custodian account earmarked for the child. Well, there's a fairly significant advantage by doing that. For example, the first $1,000, you get no tax on the dividends or interest or capital gains that are earned in the account. So that's a pretty big advantage versus leaving it in a completely taxably, taxably exposed component. You don't then, pay any tax on dividends, interest, capital gains, right. tax-free, first $1,000. Correct. The next 1000 it gets paid out at the child's tax bracket. Now, typically, children will have a lower tax bracket, but that's also contingent on you filing a tax return for your child. So, if I make over a thousand dollars, I'm going to have to file. I'm going to have to tell my CPA, or if I file it myself, you're going to have to file a tax return for the child, which. Depending on what your CPA charges you, it may cost you two hundred to five hundred dollars to file. It, it it may, but then again, it may be a pretty straightforward thing, so it may be cheaper than that. But it's yeah. something that you want to examine for sure. Got to bring that in. But let's talk about the last piece. If they make over the two thousand dollars, so you've done a really good job. You've planned well, and they've earned over two thousand dollars. 
This is where there's a little bit of a catch to the Yugma and the Yutma, and the dollars that are earned above that level will be paid at the parent's tax bracket. So it'll be the highest marginal taxes. For your parents. So whatever Correct. your parents' tax bracket is. So my name is on Ellie and Leo's account. I did a very good job at investing this year. The markets, I don't know, we're up 15, 20%. Whatever money I had, I made over the $2,000. That's going to flow over, and I'm going to have to report that to my CPA you're, to put onto the Correct. Tax you're going to pay it at the, at the parents' uh, highest marginal tax bracket. So, so important to understand that. Taking that into account, uh, what types of investments might make sense now that you know that you the first thousand dollars is free then the next thousand dollars you got to pay at the tax bracket of the child and anything above that at our bracket what investments really make the most sense for these type of accounts well obviously what we're looking for here since these costs for education are very very high we want to make sure that we can put it into things that grow and grow rapidly I mean, and, that's really what we want to have happen first well, and foremost. And don't really pay dividends because you're going to, if you buy a stock, you buy your favorite stock or a handful of stocks inside this account, there is really no tax consequence if they don't pay dividends and if you don't sell them. Correct. So you only, only when you sell and you made money uh, on a stock do you, you have a capital gain. And if it's not a dividend-paying stock. So you might want to look at growth stocks that don't pay a dividend, or growth funds, maybe international funds. Absolutely, especially ones that don't pay a lot in dividends. Pay attention to the capital gains uh, at the end of the year, whether or not they pay out a lot of capital gains, so you want tax-sensitive type of funds. Absolutely. You can also look at ETFs. Well, the exchange-traded funds, if you buy the index fund, then you don't have a manager. I know we've covered this on the program in the past, but an exchange-traded fund doesn't have a manager buying and selling, so you might want to look at index funds or kind of a deviation of that, which is exchange traded fund. The other thing that you may want to look at too, Ken, is, is muni bonds. Oh, I've just been looking at them. I think yeah. it's, I'll give you an example. I don't know. I, I touched on it a couple shows ago about the sell-off in the bond market, especially the municipal bond market has just got destroyed, if you haven't noticed. If you own municipal bonds and you open up your statement, you know what I'm talking about. But I just saw a municipal bond that was issued out in the state of New York. I don't know for compliance reasons, Mark, I'm going to say the name. You tell me if I can. But it's Tribal Bridge and Tunnel Authority, the ones that run all the bridge and tunnel in the state of New York. And they Full ha- and fair disclosure. Okay. If uh, you want to buy something like that, uh, we are registered with LPL Financial. We do not solicit those trades on the air, and we're not making a specific recommendation. Okay. We're just using it as an example. So I could tell them about it, though. Yes, now you can tell them about so it. So I was looking at a bond, and I was thinking about when a newborn would go to child. So I went out 18 years, and the Tri-Row Bridge and Tunnel has a, something called a zero-coupon bond. Uh, the full faith and credit, the Tribro Bridge and Tunnels taxing power of all the bridge and tunnels, the Lincoln Tunnel, the Holland Tunnel, the George Washington, the Tri- Tribro Bridge and Tunnel, and all these other bridges that they bring it in. So <laughs> they got a lot of... But the interest rate on this was almost 5.5% tax-free. And when I looked at that, Mark, I said 5.5% tax-free. That almost keeps up with college costs. So the way that this worked is the bond was trading at 37 cents on the dollar. So if you bought 10 bonds, it would be $3,700, and it would mature $10,000 when the child went to college. Almost triple your money. So I thought that was a perfect fit if you wanted to put that inside of a custodian account for your child. And you could probably ask your financial advisor to research Tribro Bridge and Tunnel Authority zero coupon bonds, and you'll be able to find it the same way that I found it. But I thought that was a great 
fit for a college, uh, a newborn, if a, a grandparent wanted to put that into the account. Yeah, and this is, this is a wonderful item to fit in that particular custodial account. And, and the other thing, you know, we talked about watching out for some of the taxable occurrences. Um, and, and it's important to understand that you may also want to add some income funds, but you want to make sure that you stay under those income thresholds that we talked about before. So there is another problem with these custodian accounts if we were going to look at it for college. Well, typically they're looked at, uh, you know, people think of them from an unfavorable standpoint, especially when it comes to financial aid, because schools know you have to disclose the information in terms of what you have. So if I'm setting up a custodian account and I'm going to use that money for college education, when you go and you apply for financial aid at a college, they know that you have this account. You have to disclose this you have by disclose. law. Correct. And the rule is that 40, 40 to 45% of that account value will go to pay for the first year of college. So if you have an account, let's say a $10,000 account, you're going to need 4000 to 4500 to help pay for college before they've run the financial aid numbers. I haven't done it yet. I know I've helped clients do it, but this is all part of uh, what we call the FAFSA financial aid formula. Uh, for those of you that are, that have children that are about to enter college, believe me, you'll become very, very familiar with that term FAFSA because it is absolutely important that you understand that. Um, and all this information is available in the guide that we have uh, which is available to you. You can either contact us uh, at, at our office, 981-7300, or you can send Ken an email at ken at warwickfa.com. So to wrap this up, money for college, probably the best use would be to open up a 529. We're going to talk about that a little later. But if you have to use money for anything else, a custodian account may, may make the most uh, sense for you. Absolutely. And we'll discuss that further when we come back first. of how you get from here to there. Right now you're here, but in the future, you want to be there. And from here, there looks pretty good. But so few get there. Why? Of those who do make it, some will have luck, but most will have a strategy. They will save and invest, grow and protect, and they will work with advisors who help guide their way. If you're looking to get somewhere, to get there, we know how to set a course. It's what we do, and we do it well. We are investment specialists, retirement advisors, insurance professionals, and financial planners. We have innovative, well-tracking tools to monitor your progress every step of the way. Wherever you are now, we can help you get to where you want to be. The road between here to there is shorter for those who know the way. Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, located in the Clock Tower, 65 Main Street, Warwick, New York. Call 981-7300. Today's complex financial landscape demands a financial advisor with knowledge, experience, and expertise. At Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, we're committed to knowing our clients' financial situations in depth. So if having an advisor who understands the intricate and unique aspects of what you want to accomplish is your goal, then come talk to us. 
the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors in the Clock Tower. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. This is Dave Dirks, outdoor columnist for the Times Herald Record. Join me Saturday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. for the Dirks Outdoors radio show. Each week, I'll have outdoor personalities from a variety of outdoor sports. That's the Dirks Outdoors show Saturday mornings right here on WTBQ. This is Rachel Ray. Join me today and every weekday with Rach on the radio. I'll have tips to save you money, celebrity chit-chat, and of course, food. All from the kitchen table of our Emmy Award-winning show, Rachel Ray. Weekdays at 1230. It's a chilly start to the day as temperatures are in the 40s most places. They'll jump into the 50s and top off at around 70. With a lot of sunshine during the day today. Tonight, clear skies and cold once again, heading down to 40. Then tomorrow it starts off chilly but warms into the upper 70s in the afternoon. Some clouds come in tomorrow night with uh, temperatures a little more moderate in the mid 50s and then Sunday partly sunny skies with highs in the middle 70s. This is meteorologist Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. WTBQ. Good morning and welcome back to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Mark Lang in the studio with my partner Ken Ford and today we're talking about college savings. When we took the break, just before we took the break, we talked about UGMAs and UTMAs. Boy, that's a mouthful every time. Just call them custodian accounts. Right. Well, you know how I am. I have to I have to kind of get into exactly what it is. The acronyms. I know. It's a it's, it's, it's a personal problem that I have. But right now, I'd like to talk about Section 529 plans. I know, here I am right back into the technical stuff again. But. Or college savings plans. Exactly. Sounds simpler. There's two types. One is a prepaid program. The other is an investment program. And it's important to understand the differences between these two programs because there's some significant implications to each type program. Well, one might be a better fit than the other, depending on... As I said, risk tolerances and everything else with Absolutely. And how you feel about investments. Absolutely. And it's important to understand that, you know, when we look at these two these two types of programs that both fall under the same section, they work in different, different ways. And 11 states currently offer enrollment into a prepaid program um, and, and with a group of private colleges. And there's a number of them that have their own types of programs that work with that, with the exceptions being Washington and Wyoming. So uh, I won't get in, into it ad nauseum. But the bottom line with these prepaid programs, it's important to understand, um, you have to make sure that your beneficiary is going to finish college. And why is that so important? Because if you choose a prepaid program and they don't finish college, that prepaid money is not going to be refunded completely to you. The reason why prepaid programs came out is there's a lot of investors out there that don't want to put their money, maybe they have money at risk, and they don't want to put other money at risk. So you could go out there and look at the college of choice today. So if you took Princeton University, for example, and your child is dead set that they're going to go to Princeton University, your enemy is that Princeton University, I'm going to round it up or round it down for this matter, and call it $50,000 a year. And you said, wow, I don't even know if I could afford $50,000 a year. And your problem is, if your child is a newborn or five-year-old, a 10-year-old, the cost is going to go up at 6 to 9% a year for Princeton. So it may not be $50,000. It may be $60,000, $70,000, $80,000, $90,000, $100,000 down the road. What a prepaid 
tuition plan will do for you is you can purchase that college education at today's dollars, basically taking the risk of inflation on that tuition bill out of the equation. So if Princeton is $50,000 a year and you have $200,000 and you want to buy four years of Princeton, you can do that in a prepaid college tuition plan. So you're using it almost like a hedge against inflation. Yeah, you, you take inflation out of the equation, and it's good for the colleges because they get the money. Um, they get the, well, they get the they get the dollars up front, and that's why they're giving you the ability to kind of hedge against those costs. And, and that takes out what we're trying to accomplish is taking out the inflation aspect, but also, um, you know, the savings act aspect. You, if you don't have the money, you can't do this. Right. So you know, it, it's it's a wonderful part of the five two nine program. It certainly is not used as much as the investment side of the program. So let's get into the investment side of the program because I think that that's where uh, you are really going to be involved. Um, you know, you have to make a decision about the type of five two nine that that you want to put in in place. And in most instances, the ones that you're going to be offered are what we call the investment side. And typically, they come with two investment options. One is an age-based option. And what that does is it gradually sh uh, shifts the concentration of equities and bonds. Well, we're getting back uh, to simplicity as time of goes on. you're investing in mutual funds. Maybe. Exactly. So exactly. You're, like your 401k, right, you're investing in mutual funds. Predominantly, most of the 401ks are set up as mutual funds and some of these investment products. So the 529 is set up that you set up this account and it has very good uh, tax advantages, first off. Absolutely. As, as you put money in there, the state of New York actually gives you a state tax benefit up to $10,000. So they'll rebate the state tax on the $10,000, which is somewhere between six and $800, right? Hey. If you put $10,000 in Absolutely. It. Depending so, upon your tax bracket, it can be a lot of dollars. Yep. Then all the money inside, if you invest properly in these mutual funds and $10,000 grows to, I don't know, $30,000 over 18 years, you can use the whole $30,000, take it out, use it for college education, higher educational expenses, not pay a dime of state tax, city tax, or federal tax on any of those gains. So you get a tax benefit going in, you grow tax deferred the entire time, not pay any taxes, and any of the money that you made, you can take out, which blows the doors off of almost every single type of plan the government will give you for saving. So big advantages, uh, and, and as I said before, there's two typical investments in those programs. One's called an age-based. Uh, you don't have to make any of the decisions in terms of what investments to choose. They're already pre-chosen for you. And the other well, one you, is static options. You so have, yeah, you, well, you, you have, choose. most of these plans have 10, 15, maybe 20 choices. They're mutual funds, there's bond funds, there's stock funds, there's international funds. There's funds that are created for you according to your risk tolerance, meaning conservative funds and growth funds and moderate funds. So, And then the age base. Um, the way the age base works is if your child is young, they believe, the industry, that you should be aggressively investing because you have a lot of time. And as you get closer and closer to the college date, the fund becomes more conservative. So if you set this up and you set it and forget it, and somewhere right before college, the stock market was to have a problem, the benefit to an age-based program is that they'd have you in more conservative investments as you approach the college date so that you wouldn't take a big hit right before the kid went to college. So the key, the key thing there is if you're somebody that really doesn't feel comfortable with selecting how your investment should be set up in terms of how much I should have in one account, uh, which is maybe the equity side of the equation, how much I should have in bonds, you can defer and basically say, 
I'm going to put it in the age-based option, and now your your sponsor, your 529 sponsor, will make all those decisions well, for you. So. One thing you got to be aware of, though, if you're a very astute uh, investor and you can go in and out of the markets at the right time, you can't really do it in 529s because they're only giving you, what is it, one change of your investment option per year. So read the fine print in these prospectuses, but if I'm aggressive today and something happens with this war or something and you want to get more conservative because you don't know what's going to happen in the stock market and all of a sudden you went to the sidelines and nothing happens with this war, you can't go back to investing this year. Right. I mean, there are are some interesting loopholes on how to get around this, but... Well beyond the scope of our discussion today. But it's in the report. If you want to know, (laughs) you want to grab that report because it's going to help you to do that planning. And it's also going to help you to know just exactly what you can do in terms of your 529. Me, I love these 529s. I set them up um, well over 10 years ago before I even have kids. You can drip small amount of monies in them. Um, $50, $25, you could set these up systematically. Every single month, they take $25, $50 out of your bank account. And trust me, three or four years down the road, you look at the balance and you're like, wow, I actually saved a lot of money by only putting a little money away every single month. Great way to do it. You know, Ken, one of the things that we talked about early on was um, what if you could get other people to help you pay for it? Well, let me tell you, one of the best ways to do that is especially for grandparents, uh, if they've got some dollars and they'd really like to get them out of their estate and into into their uh, grandchildren's accounts, a great way to do it is to put it into the 529. And one of the big advantages of doing that is there's this special five-year election that allows you to put as much as, right now, it's $70,000 well, You're, dollars you're away talking about if you have rich grandparents. Yeah, absolutely. So if you have rich grandparents, and I don't know if many people you know, know their finances, their grandparents, but if they have an estate problem, if you hear that, there's a great solution for estate planners that use and investment advisors of plowing a lot of money uh, into these plans and keeping it away from the estate tax. But it's actually $70,000 per child, per couple. So you could put $140,000 in times five years, right? Absolutely. You, you get this. It's, it's essentially a five-year forward averaging of the annual gift exclusion. I know that's a well, big not mouthful many people of stuff. But. Out, <laughs> you, not many. Sorry, it's just me. Not again. many have that. But what I, I, I give you a suggestion. If you sat down at the holiday time with the grandparents or your parents and said, listen, do you mind giving us a voided check? putting it and attaching it to the college savings account and withdrawing $50 or $100 or $200 a month every single month till little Johnny goes to college or little Leo and little Ellie. Um, do you mind you know, giving a gift of $50 or $100 or whatever they can afford? And you get two or three people to do that. You could put that right into a 529 and you'll have a lot of excess dollars coming in every month and it will add up. So that's a great idea and, and to impo- start doing. It's important to have it add up because, quite frankly, as, as Ken and I talked about when we first started to talk about the planning for college, these college costs, I mean, when you started college, you ever think you'd see the numbers you see It was 13.5 Hartwick College, um, you know, in the 80s. And now we're talking Hartwick College is $48,000 a year. That's crazy. You know, when we come back from our, from our break, we're going to talk about What can you do now?
success. It can be measured in so many ways, but success has its price. As your wealth grows, life doesn't get simpler, it gets more complex. The more you have, the more you're exposed to losing it. Now, more than ever, you need to rethink your strategy of how to navigate through the risk and reward of wealth. That's what we do. We provide financial advice for people who want to protect and grow their money. Our reputation is built on a long track record of working with people who like to succeed. People like you. Our process is sound and solid. We define your goals, review your assets, analyze your needs, provide recommendations, implement execution, monitor and track your progress online. If you want to secure your financial future, let us show you how. That's our job, and we do it well. Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, located in the Clock Tower, 65 Main Street, Warwick, New York. Call 981-7300. Today's complex financial landscape demands a financial advisor with knowledge, experience, and expertise. At Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, we're committed to knowing our clients' financial situations in depth. So if having an advisor who understands the intricate and unique aspects of what you want to accomplish is your goal, then come talk to us, the Warwick Valley Financial Advisors, in the Clock Tower. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. This is Sister Anna. Listen to The Garden of the Child, a story discussion time with students. Story develops listening skills and imagination. Saturdays at 11.10 a.m. on WTBQ. If you want cutting-edge Orange County issues, listen to us, the Bossman and Lorraine. All of today's Orange County issues, always with a chance to call in and voice your opinion. The Bossman and Lorraine. Tuesdays at 9. WTBQ. Good morning and welcome back to From Wall Street to Main Street. I'm Mark Lang in the studio with my partner Ken Ford. And it's apropos, quite frankly, that we have uh, the Pink Floyd money song kind of chiming as we climb back in. Because when you talk about college planning... Cha-ching. Uh, yeah, it's cha-ching, a cha-ching. Cha-ching, cha-ching, You know, before we took, before we took our break, Ken, uh, I, I was a bit remiss because I kind of jumped the gun. But we need to, we need to uh, talk about what you can do if, if you're in New York... And specifically, the New York plans. Well, most of the listeners are in the Warwick Valley area. So if you want to set up the custodian account, you could do that almost any financial institution. If you want to do the 529 plan, okay, you, there's two sponsors in the state of New York that I know of. One is Vanguard and one is J.P. Morgan Chase. So if you went to Vanguard's website, you did the drop-down button on 529s, You'll see all the information in the application. You could do it online. I actually did it two weeks ago for myself. Um, you could also go to the J.P. Morgan site, and they have drop-down mu- buttons to New York 529s. The difference, one is a do-it-yourselfer plan. That's the Vanguard plan. You have to do everything yourself. There's no real advisor attached to it. If you're working with a financial advisor, you're probably going to use the J.P. Morgan plan because that's an advisor sold plan. Now, the difference is one does compensate a a financial professional, the other does not. And the decision for you is if you're comfortable working with a financial advisor and you want to compensate him for helping you save for college and helping you determine the investments, there is compensation schedules that are already built into that 529 plan, and the Vanguard is not. So which one is the right fit for you? You have to determine it. 
Me, I have both plans. I opened the Vanguard plan up, I think, two or three weeks ago because I just wanted to see how the uh, plan and the statements and everything else look. What I was shocked on, though, is they wanted a $3,000 initial contribution, which I thought Vanguard was a very low-cost plan to get involved in. Because a lot of these financial uh, 529s, I've set them up with $50 systematic investment every month. And that's it, $50. This yeah, and quite 000. frankly, you know, the, the 529s in many instances, when we first started to talk about uh, the, the way to save for college education, one of the things we talked about was savings accounts and UGMAs and UTMAs. But uh, in a lot of instances today... We have parents and, and grandparents also that are setting up five two nines and essentially mm-hmm. saying to anybody who's going to make a gift for a birthday or what have you, why don't you just make it payable to the five two nine? Put it in. Well, put it I, in the, I have in, a couple. Kids account. You know, I have a couple five twenty nines. I only have two children, but I got a, three or four five twenty nines. The reason why I do it is I contribute to the New York plan because New York gives me a tax de- tax rebate, tax deduction, tax credit, well, becomes, whatever you want to call yeah. it. You, you, you get a deduction um, for, for, you, from your state Up taxes. to $10,000. So if I was to put $10,000 a year into that to save for college, I'm getting about six to $800, give or take your tax bracket of what you're paying, back as a credit on my tax return. That's a 6 to 8% rate of return as I see it on the $10,000 investment. But I also have other state plans because I feel that there's some investment advisors that I have researched that are very, very good at growing the money, and they're not available in the state of New York. So what I did is I rolled some of my money out of the state of New York into another state's plan, which you're allowed to do. And I actually feel, and it has been that way, that they can grow the money faster in a different investment option. Here's the key for you. You gotta look at all the options that are out there, and you gotta do your homework. Well, you just can't. like there's, we've always talked there's about. There's fifty states. There's two to three plans in every state. You're talking a couple hundred plans to hey, deal with. Ken, we're talking about a mortgage here. Well, okay, we're talking about a mortgage amount. So, quite frankly, if you want to do it yourself, you have to put in the time and do and and, and, and I'll give you a resource. Do your homework. Savingsforcollege.com. Joe Hurley set up a website. Every single article that has ever been written, every bit of information on every single plan is on that website. That's the best resource I've ever run across. And the resource that he provided us was a 43-page document um, that we will make available to you if you contact our office. You know, I want to cover just one last thing uh, before we get into what can you do right now. And, And this is the dilemma that we find some parents facing, and that's whether to fund their retirement or their education, because um, in a lot of instances, people are coming up with, gee, do I fund my retirement or do I fund my my children's education? That is a very tough question for people to answer. We typically take it from this standpoint. If you put dollars away towards your retirement, you always have the ability down the road to help your children to pay off whatever costs get incurred. If you give it to them in the five two nines, or you give it to them towards their college education, that's something that disappears. They don't have the ability to give that back to you in the future. So it's just something to to think about because, quite frankly, it is a dilemma. But let's get into what they can do now. And and one of the first things that we would always recommend is set up a college funding savings budget. Start out. Put a budget together. Well, how much money can you actually put in this thing without taking food off the table for your children? Figure out. You know, what do you have available to use towards savings for college? But you have to at least set one of these up and put $50 a month away. There's plans that you could do $50. And you know what? You can't just do $50. I, 
you're going to have a problem when you come it's to college. It's going to be very tough. So at least yep. do 50. And, and the next thing is, as we talked about before, we, we gave you a whole bunch of different types of savings vehicles. But what are the savings vehicles that you want to use? What fits for you? Well, are you going to, is this earmarked for college? Exactly. You 529 makes sense for college. What are you going to use? So but, you, have to, you have to decide what it is that correct. you want to use. And then get educated about financial aid. This stuff is very complicated, and a lot of people come into our office and they go, how do I complete these FAFSA forms? Well, quite frankly, you'll be able to get a lot of assistance from any university. In fact, they're experts on this stuff, but you've got to get educated There's about a lot it. of local scholarships as well. So Absolutely. Of, I know a couple of local scholarships. When I'm dealing with uh, these fundraisers and I'm talking to them about their scholarships, um, they're like, there's only getting like 10 applicants to some of these scholarships. you got a one in 10 chance of getting $1,000, $2,000 for college, and no one's even applying for these things. So it comes back to, again, doing your homework. Uh, one of the key things we, we think about here is putting the right person in control. Get somebody who's financially savvy to pay attention to how you've set up the accounts that you've set up and the types of investment vehicles that you're using. Another another key thing that I you know that we talked about earlier was you know getting your friends and your family to help. Listen, I why set, not? I set one up for my niece. So basically, my brother made me the godfather of my niece. And I said, you know what? I, any birthday, I could bring a toy or whatever else. She's like eight years old now, right? I said, why don't I? And my sister's the godmother. Why don't we put fifty bucks away each a month? Okay, we could do this on a quarterly basis. And we've been doing that. She's eight. There's $5,000. I hope my brother's not listening. There's five. I wanted to make it uh, kind of when he gets to college. But there's $5,000 sitting in that account now. That's a lot of money. It's it's important to save. And, you know, for those of you who, who just look at this and go, oh, my God, this is just too much. Get some professional assistance. Really, it's key. Get some help there and be flexible. Look at the options that are out there. And uh, quite frankly... You know, see if your employer offers a 529 plan or, or, or uh, any other options. But most importantly, get our family guide to, save, to college savings. It's really going to help you out. And how can you get it? You can either call our office at 981-7300, or you can send Ken an email at ken at warwickfa.com. It's we'll too be, big to mail. I yeah. don't want to mail it to you. It's going to cost me a lot of money if there's a lot of people that call in. And we can but send I'll email it, it to you. Yeah, we can send it to you as a PDF. And uh, you can open that up and then save it on your computer. And this way you can use it as a reference. Uh, as Ken said, it's about 45, and If you have any questions now. or concerns about the document and you want to sit down, we offer a free consultation. Just sit down with Absolutely. us. We'll go through what, uh, and do an analysis for you. So if there's any way that we can help, let us know. Okay, we want to get this information to you so that it helps you to plan for your children and for their education in the future. This has been From Wall Street to Main Street on WTVQ. Thanks for listening. The proceeding was a paid program and is intended for general information purposes only. It is not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, financial, legal, counseling, professional services, or any advice.